Word of God is just active, it's alive, and you're in a sermon series called Conquering Impossibilities. What a fabulous title for a sermon series, Conquering the Impossibilities. And today, I want to talk to you about a message I've entitled, Be Open to the Impossible. Be open to the impossible, because we serve a God that can do the impossible. The reality is this, and uh, uh, if you're a note taker, love for you to take some notes down, Uh, But the reality is this, is that you and I, one day, uh, it's inevitable. Facing impossibility, the impossible, is inevitable. We're always going to be put in a place somewhere in your life, you just look back over and see that, man, there's going to come a time where you're going to run into the impossible. It's inevitable. It's going to be inescapable, but at the end of the day, in those moments, we'll feel very helpless, but I want you to know we're not hopeless because we serve a great God. And that's the thing about it. We can be helpless, but we're never hopeless in impossible situations that we face. As a matter of fact, it was the disciples that came to Jesus in Matthew chapter 19, and we'll get to the story in 1 Kings 17, but, it but the reality was they said to Jesus, who then can be saved? And Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible. It's ha- man is helpless. How many know that we are helpless to save ourselves? He says, with this, it's impossible. You can't save you. But there's a God that can save you. He can save your soul. He can save your life. He can save your marriage. He can save your whole being. It's not impossible with God. Because he said, with God, all things are possible. I was, uh, I was asked to pray over this couple, a young couple, uh, who, was, who, who the wife was pregnant with a child. And after they'd done uh, the first sonogram, they realized something wasn't right with the baby, that it was missing kidneys. They couldn't find any. They, 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 they took the child up to UAB to, 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 to double check and... There wasn't anything there, and man, there was, just, there was just some just a hopeless situation, or it seemed like a helpless situation, not a hopeless. And she came back to our green room, and we prayed, and she told me the story. She'd been up to UAB a couple times. They were looking for the organs that were missing in that child, and they were talking to her about terminating the pregnancy, and she said, Pastor Steve, would you just pray? And I want you to know, when those situations happen, you, you feel helpless, but at the end of the day, you got to remind yourself you're not hopeless. And we just prayed, we anointed her with oil, we just said, Jesus, do what only you can do. We can't, but you can in your name. And we prayed for that child, and when that child went back, I, I certainly don't want to sensationalize it, but I certainly don't want to minimize it. That, that They came back, and they were in my office telling me the story. The grandparents were doing the jig. They were so happy that they found that there were kidneys in that child. You say, man, that's just, what did the doctors say? They just said, we just can't explain it. You say, well, what if they missed it? Okay, what if they missed it? But what if the finger of God touched something? You say, well, I don't know about that. Well, listen, this whole Bible is filled with God doing the impossible. We can't have a sermon series called Conquering the Impossible and not believe it. Come on, somebody. 
We can't sit there and say the, the God who created everything, you know, he, he can't create two kidneys or, or he, he, can't, he can't, you know, heal me from cancer, that he can't deliver me or he can't supply what I need. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And when we put that in our hearts, at all of our campuses, we seal it deep in our hearts. We serve a God that can do the impossible, especially in times of great need, even difficult economic times. Which brings us to the story of 1 Kings 17. It's a story about the prophet Elijah that comes to the king Ahab. The nation is godless, has nothing to do with God, doesn't want to worship God, wants to live in its, in its, it, in its demoralized state, in moral ways. And Elijah says to the king, it's not going to rain until I say it rains. There's going to be an economic hard time for the next three and a half years. How many know that when faith deteriorates, come on, hard times are inevitable, now, you just, I'm not trying to be fearful here, but I want to be mindful. Is this all right? I want us to be mindful that as we watch even our nation just go the way it goes and just thumbs its nose up at God and says, I want to be as lewd as I can and do whatever I want and I don't want anything, throw off any kind of biblical restraint. When you begin to see something happen that way, here's what happens. When there is a decay of faith, listen to me, that hard times are inevitable. And for three and a half years, there's a drought. Because if you look at the Bible, famines were either cyclical or spiritual. Cyclical because, you know, things go up and down. It's just part of the seasons. Or they're spiritual because at the same time is that, is that they're not serving God. And so what happened was, is God said to Elijah, don't you worry about it. I'm still going to help you conquer the impossible. In the midst of dry times, in the midst of famine, in the midst of no rain for three and a half years, I'm going to take care of you. Hear me, Church of the King. In times of tough, impossible uh, circumstances and difficult times, you've weathered them. We've weathered them in destiny. You've weathered them here. Whether they're oil spills or whether they're hurricanes, whether it's, you know, the great financial crisis or whatever, you know, at the end of the day we serve a God that can see us through and no matter what's happening around us we have to believe as for me and my house there's going to be rain in our home even though it's there's drought and dry times around us come on and so God tells Elijah hey listen I want you to go to this little brook called Cherith and there I've, I've I want you to drink from its water and I've assigned ravens to feed you so he goes and he gets fed by ravens, and it's great. Then the brook dries up, and that can happen. You know, brooks can dry up all the time. It's just part of the, the you know, there was, no there was no rain, so the brook dried up, and God says, I need you to get up and go. Everybody say go. We'll, we'll, we'll cover that in a moment. He says, he wants you to get up and go to a, a widow woman in, in the area of Sidon in a city called Zarephath where she's gonna take care of you. And he gets there, and he meets this widow woman and he's thirsty. He says, can I have some water, please? Water was scarce. There was no rain. And she gives him some water. She lets go of something precious. And then he says to her, I'm hungry. Would you feed me? Would you share your bread with me? And she shares her bread with him first. 
And then he says to her, because you've done this, your oil, your flour, you'll never run out. For the next three and a half years, you're going to see the supernatural provision and the supernatural protection of Almighty God. No matter what's going on around you, I've got you. Now, I want you to know something here. I want this to go deep in your heart because I just think it's essential for you and I to be open to the impossible no matter what season we're in. Does that make sense? No matter what season we're in, whether it's raining or whether it's dry, whether it's abundance or whether it's scarcity, at the end of the day, I really believe that we serve a God that can conquer the impossible, that is a father that cares for us, and we're part of the household of Almighty God. And I want us to live with that confidence in these days that we're living in, as crazy as these days that we're living in, I want us to live with a confidence. Can I hear a good amen? So here's how I want us to be open to the impossible. Number one, here it is, very simple. To be open to the impossible, you need to open up your mind. Your mind has to expand. Your mind cannot be limited. Your mind, listen to me, first of all, your mind is limited, but your God is unlimited. And I'm telling you something right now. You will never open up your mind until you open up your Bible and discover the God that can do the impossible. That is, I mean, I tell people that all the time. You're like, wow, these aren't fairy tales, you guys. These aren't just sweet bedtime stories you tell your grandkids. These things actually happen. The Red Sea literally did part. The sun did stand still. Leprosy was cured. Blind eyes could be opened and crippled people walked. God supplied supernaturally throughout from Genesis to Revelation. It's a book about a God that intervenes on behalf of and for his children. I want us to know that today. I want you to know that today. You'll never, though, open up your mind until you open up your Bible and discover the God that can do the impossible. That he is a God that does the impossible. Because he told, the, he told Elijah, you'll drink from the brook and I've commanded ravens to feed you. Now, you can just go over that and say, wow, that sounds cool. But look at me. Ravens don't share anything. They're scavengers. Like crows. I went to go play golf the other day with my friend John. And cart girl comes by. And I, I grab a pack of crackers and something to drink. And I put it in my golf cart. I go to putt. And then come back and eat my crackers. My crackers are gone. I look up about 50 yards. There's a, a crow just pecking at my, through the cellophane to get to my cheese and peanut butter crackers. That little scavenger took off with my crackers. Ravens don't come and share. They're scavengers. But God changed the nature of that raven to be a giver rather than a taker. I want you to see something here. When you realize this, that God can do the impossible even above natural laws. Our Father who art in, come on, say it. Not on earth. He rules and reigns over the earth. Earth is his footstool. And when you realize that God is an amazing God that can do amazing things, you've got to expand yourself. You've got to overcome two things. And you can write these down. They're not going to come up on your screen. You need to overcome the, what you know about natural laws and what you know about your personal flaws. Those two things will keep you from believing 
that God will do the impossible. Well, this is too difficult for God. I can't see, you know, I mean, I mean, in Genesis 18, 14, God asked this question to Abraham. Is there anything too difficult for the Lord? I don't know. He knows the answer to that. He knows that it's no, but he's asking you, do you think there's something too hard for me? Do you think I can't find the right spouse for you? Do you not think that I can open up a door for you? Do you not think that I can multiply your business? Do you not feel like I can heal that chronic back pain that you've been suffering with? Is there anything too difficult Well, I don't know, Lord, because in the natural, it seems too tough. It's tough for you, but not for him. See, natural laws, you know, Red Seas parting and blind eyes opening and God doing the supernatural until you open your mind. You'll close off God in your life. And it's not just the natural laws. Friends, look at me. Your personal flaws. Because at the end of the day, I can't tell you how many people I talk to that say this to me. Well, I know God can do great things. But I don't know if he could do it for me. Because I know too, I know too much about me. I know what I've done. I know where I've been. And I just don't, I don't know if I would do it for me. So why would God do it for me? Do you hear the disconnect, everybody? That if that we, 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 we so limit God in our minds because we don't realize that God can overcome natural laws. And by the way, God overcomes your personal flaws. Elijah was a man of like passions, my friend. Of like passions, the Bible says. In other words, he was like you and me, and God took care of him. And if God will take care of him, I believe God will take care of me. I just believe that. I just do. You got to open up your minds and believe that, that God can do the supernatural and he can blow your mind away. And how he does it is up to him, not up to you. Remember when he told the disciples, I want you to go feed the 5,000 and they started figuring out, well, do we have enough nickels and dimes and Philip's counting his denarii and and then this one guy brings a a sack of lunch, you know, a little tuna fish and a little crackers and stuff, you know what I'm saying? And stuff that he had to chase ravens away from getting. You know what I'm saying? And, and he said, here. And he says, we can't feed 5,000 with this. And Jesus said, I know what I'm going to do. See, you don't know how God's going to do it, but God knows how he's going to do it. To conquer any impossibility that you're facing. I remember we were facing an impossibility in Destin. We bought a skating rink like you guys because we want to be like y'all. <laughs> I love Holy Roller. Call me that all you want. I don't care. You ain't bothering my feelings. Hear me. We had a skating rink, you know, and we wanted to buy some land so we could build a building because we didn't have enough parking. You know, when pastors tell me, I bought 50 acres for $3 million, I say, I can't stand you because in Destin, one acre is $3 million. So we just like, we just like, we look at this dirt and we're like, can't let just sit here and play with dirt. And this is just such rich dirt. It's $3 million bucks an acre. And uh, we were buying this parcel of land where our church is right now. And I closed on the back half because it was cheap. But the frontage on Poinciana 98 across from, you know, the largest, you know, name brand outlet center in the world there, uh, it was expensive. And we needed 300000 in 30 days. The owner said to me, close on the back half. 
And I won't, I won't ask you to close on the front half anytime soon. Don't you worry. I get all the time in the world to do it. After I close on the back half, after a week, he sends me a letter saying, you got to close in 30 days. And if you don't close in 30 days, I'm selling this to a Harley-Davidson dealership. Who wants it? I thought, wow. My first thought was, I think my wife Jackie would look good in leather. But then, then I changed my mind. <laughs> Come back. Come back. I thought to myself, you know, the reality was, I thought, wow. And then I thought to myself, I need 300000 Now, let me just tell you what I tried to do in the natural. I went to go get a loan. I went to go get a loan from my home. I thought, well, who could I call in the church? I'm trying to figure it out. Have you ever been there? How to conquer the impossible. I'll try to figure it out. I get my car and God says to me, turn around and you're going to see me provide. Trust me. I said, okay, Lord. And if we lose this land, I'm just going to, I'll trust you have something better. Maybe we'll move our campus. I don't know. That Sunday, remember, we need 300 grand, 300,000. Our church is about two years old, very young. And he comes to me, uh, this first-time visitor comes to the door, and he says, hey, love the church, love the worship, love the message. Hands me an envelope, here's my tithe. I said, thanks, man, I put it up. And then after I finished shaking everybody's hand, I opened it up, 200 thousand dollars I looked at it and I said oh god you're a hundred thousand short isn't that terrible I mean it's just terrible I didn't even rejoice in the fact that I had 200 big ones I was thinking about the 100 missing you're like that too don't judge me don't judge me so I'm sitting and Loma, from a first-time visitor. If you're a first-time visitor here, there's no pressure on you, okay? <laughs> but I will be at the door just kind of, no, no. no hear me. <laughs> Listen to me. At the end of the day, this is important. Then, I go, then the next week, I go check my mail. And there's a FedEx from a family in Memphis, a tourist, who I prayed with his daughter who was pregnant out of wedlock. And she was thinking about either putting the child up for adoption or aborting that child. And the parents asked me to talk to her about keeping that child and to not let one mistake become another mistake. And they did. And so he sends me this note and says, thanks so much for praying with my family. She decided to keep the child. And here's the check. And it was for $100,000. And baby, I'm telling you, it was God. I say that to you. Hear me. You can't figure it out. But God knows how to do it. I listen, God doesn't, I mean, first-time visitors and tourists? Open your mind. Say that with me. Open your mind. Don't limit God. Don't let how big it is in natural laws. And don't think about your personal flaws and say, God can't do this or God can't do this for me. Because I've seen God. And when you read the New Testament, remember, you'll never, you'll never ever open your mind till you open your Bible. Because you see Jesus was healing tax collectors and forgiving people and healing people that were not saved. Believe heaven. Amen, somebody?
Now, this is important. He hadn't gone to the cross yet. Nobody had been saved yet. The reality is this. God is a God that does miracles. Yes or no? Number two, you got to open your heart. This is important. This is you and me doing our part. God will do his part, but I mean, no, we got to do our part. I, I just think that is essential. That is the whole premise of your walk with God. One plants, one waters, God gives the increase. The Bible says we are co-laborers with Christ. There is something that I know I need to do my part. And here's the beautiful thing. And here's the really the open, and, and I say it this way, an open heart is an obedient heart. And an obedient heart does two things. It goes and it lets go. It goes and lets go. I think about how this miracle happened for Elijah and this widow woman. How incredible it was. God told Elijah in 1 Kings 17, 9, go. Everybody say go. Say go. Go to Zarephath in the region of Sidon. I've directed a widow woman to, to care for you. If he doesn't go, he, he misses out. And then he tells her, I want you to catch this. He tells her in verse 13, Elijah says to her, don't be afraid. Go home. Do as you have said. First, make me a small loaf of bread for me and for what you have and bring it to me. In other words, everybody say, let go. Let go. So in other words, God says two things. An open heart is an obedient heart that goes and lets go. I look back over my life and I can sum up Look at me, everybody. I can sum up my walk with God and obedience in this. Do I go where he tells me? Do I let go of what he asks of me? At the end of the day, I'm not trying to make it deep. I want to make it real. My walk with God has been go to Destin, plant a church. Yes, sir. Let go of that hurt and forgive. Yes, sir. Let go of that anger. Let go of your tithes and offerings. Let go of that addiction. Let it go. There's a part of you that plays a part in seeing God do the impossible. I say that because the Bible says, see, I really believe when I look at this, the widow woman and Elijah are face to face, okay? Picture this for me. They're face to face. God tells Elijah, go. Everybody say go. Go. He obeys God's word and goes. God speaks to her through him. Let go. Who saved who? Because they both were cared for for three and a half years. Who saved who? Jesus references this in the New Testament. Who saved who? Did he save her or did she save him? The reality is his word saved them both. Listen to me. His word to go saved him. His word to let go saved her. I look back over my life and I realize when I go, listen to me, everybody watching online, everyone on the campuses, when you go and let go, you be, make yourself, uh, you posture yourself, you position yourself to see God do the impossible in your life. Now, let me say this to you. James chapter one. 
Humbly accept the word planted in you. This is the key. This is about opening your heart. Got to move what I know about God and what he can do and what he said. I got to move it from my mind and into my heart. Humbly accept the word planted in you. David said this, your word have I hid in my heart that I wouldn't miss the mark or sin against you. Humbly accept the word planted in you, which can, say the last two words, everybody, come on. How can men be saved? With man, it's impossible, Jesus said. We saw that earlier. But with God, all things are possible. But then, you cannot, you cannot just receive that word and hear it. James 1.22, look at it. It's the very next verse. But be doers of the word. And not just what? Here's only. Now say the next word. It's strong. It's a little harsh. But say it. D. Your own selves. I want you to write this down. Because I think it's pertinent. You can't be the recipient. You cannot be a recipient of the impossible. If you're not obedient to the possible. You see, you can't do the impossible, but you can do what is possible. Did you hear what I just said? Deceiving your own selves. Bring that verse up again in 122. People believe that I can just hear the word and not do the word and still be a recipient of the impossible. If you don't ever forgive your spouse, how can he ever save your marriage? If you don't do those things that God asks for you, how can you be free? How can you be blessed? How can you be saved? You can hear the gospel today in its message form. And if you don't turn your life over to him, repent of your sins, accept him as Lord and Savior, you won't be a recipient of salvation. You've got to be a doer and not just a hearer. you got to go and you got to let go. Does that make sense? It's essential in our walk with God. They say, Pastor, I just wish I had that kind of assurance in my life. I wish God would offer me something like that, supernatural supply, knowing that I can live at peace, that God will provide for me in tough times, dry times, you know, uh, famine times, difficult times. Hear me. Elijah faced, came face to face with a widow woman and said to her, if you would let there be food for me, And put me first. Food and first for me. I promise you, if you would do the possible, God will do the impossible. And you'll conquer this impossible drought. You'll live above. You see, what Elijah offered her, Jesus offers us every week. When he asks us, To give of our tithe, which is, according to Malachi 3, look at it up on the screen, Malachi 3.10. Bring the whole tithe to the storehouse so there's food for my house. Jesus is saying, would you let there be food for me? Like Elijah was asking the widow woman to to have food for her, for him. And see, if I don't open up the windows of heaven, check this out, and pour you out a blessing. You see, we can experience, I believe this with all my heart, what Elijah offered 
her. Jesus offers us and says, hey, would you make sure there's food in this house? Would you make sure that this house is cared for and blessed for? Would you give God your first, your best, called the tithe? It sounds like, wow, that sounds like a lot. But if you open up your mind and open up your heart that you truly believe, go back to Malachi 3.10, bring it up, please. You realize God can open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing. What is a blessing? A supernatural supply like he did for this widow woman. You see, but the tithe takes going to church, bring. Everybody say bring. It means I'm going to church. And it also means about letting go of the first. But watching God do something supernatural. And then people say, oh, I wish God would do it first. And I'm like, no, no, that's not how it works. You're a recipient of the impossible when you're obedient to the possible. It wasn't when she let it go first. Then like she would find herself. Check this out. My last point and we'll close. She opened up her mind. She opened up her heart. And every day she opened up his treasure. I want you to picture this. She's out of flour. She's out of oil. She's like, oh, I did what he told me. Will it be there for me in the morning? She gets up in the morning before her son wakes. Opens up the jar. (laughs) I hope it's there. Whoa, Shazam, it's there. Wow. She closes it. She makes bread. They eat for the day. Cared for supernaturally. She uses it up. It's gone. The next morning, she gets up. She opens the jar again. Oh, there it is. It's amazing. Day after day, year after year, her supernatural supply, she became a recipient of the impossible because she was obedient to the possible of letting go. Friend, hear me. There was a drought in that time. Yes or no? No rain, right, everybody? Now, I want you to see this one verse, Deuteronomy. I want you to bring up Deuteronomy, verse 28, 12. Because look at this. The Lord will open to you his... Come on, say the next two words. Come on, say it like you got some. His good treasure. Now, check this out. The heavens. I'll open up the heavens for you, he said in Malachi. I'll open up the heavens and give you from my supply. And look what he says. To give the rain to your land in its season. And to bless all the workings of your hands. And you shall have such abundance. You'll lend and not borrow. You'll be like the widow woman. You'll open up your jar and. God, you did it again. You did it again. I let go and you did it again. You did it again. You did it again. You caused it to rain. No, it's not raining everywhere, but it's raining in my house. It's raining in my house. And I've got enough, not just for me and my son, but I've got enough for me and my son and Elijah, this guy that I just took in. You sent him to me and I'm just being obedient. And and I'm just feeding him every day. Why? Because God. That if you would open up your mind and open up your hearts by going and letting go, 
you'll open up his treasure. And no matter what days lie ahead, no matter what's happening economically, no matter what's happening cyclically, what's happening spiritually in our nation and in this world, all I know is this. Steve and Jackie are going to open up that jar and we're going to open up his good treasure because he's a God that does the impossible and I'm going to be a, a servant of Christ that does the possible. You received something from today, everybody? Come on, huh? Let's pray together. Come on, open up your hearts. Father, today we receive this word. You said if we would receive it, it can save us. You're a God that does the impossible. There's many impossible situations in this room today. I pray in Jesus' name, sickness be healed. I pray marriages be mended. I pray, I pray financial difficulties, supernatural. I pray for every person that calls Church of the King home, that they would go and let go. They would do what you say, and that it would always perpetually reign in this house, their houses, our houses. Why? Because you are a God that opens up your treasure for your children when we obey you and we see the supernatural working of God. In the days ahead, may this church, may our church, may our families, may our homes, may we be a light to a lost and dying world. And may people reference us the same way, not for pride's sake or glory's sake, but may people reference us, almighty God, the same way Jesus referenced the widow woman in the New Testament and said, wow, she did what God asked her to do and she was blessed beyond measure. Bless this house. Bless these families. I pray in Jesus' name. And if you receive that, give God a great Come big hand, somebody. Love and blessing. Come on, church. Love and blessing. Wow, what an amazing message today in church. I really hope that there's some encouragement for you, some hope for you, some fresh faith for you in today's service. And I do want to talk to those of you who may be making a decision to give your life to Jesus today. If that's you, then we're just so excited for you. As a church, we believe that's the best decision that you could ever make. We're cheering you on, and we believe that it's the beginning of an amazing life of following Jesus for the rest of your life. And as a church, our heart for, is for you is to, to really partner with you and to help you begin this new journey of following Jesus. So would you do me a favor and just text the word decision to the numbers 822-822, or you can click the link that's in the chat room right now. And we'd love to just resource you to follow up with you and to help you as you're beginning to walk out this life of following Jesus for the rest of your life. Well, I've really enjoyed being with you today for church. We can't wait to see you next week as we continue our series called Conquer Impossibilities. I just hope that you have an amazing week ahead and we'll see you back here. Same time, same place. Have an awesome week.